Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I had given you all some homework last week. A lot of homework. What was the homework? Find some interesting facts about mosquitoes. All right. Was there anything else I asked you to do? What was that? Yes. Find words from the root letters. Which root letters? Qaf wa lam, ain lam mim. Okay. So did you do your homework? Yeah. Okay. So the homework about mosquitoes. So tell me something interesting. What did you find? What are mosquitoes attracted to? Can you tell me something that mosquitoes are attracted to? Yes? Sweat, stinky feet. Did you find that? Yeah? Mariam actually um, prepared a PowerPoint presentation for the whole class. So we would like Mariam to present for the whole class what she has prepared. And then when Mariam's done, then inshallah I'm going to ask you what you found. So if you found something different from Mariam, then you can share that inshallah. But until Mariam comes, somebody else. Okay, it's a Spanish word for the fly. All right, yes? Female mosquitoes need people's blood to for their babies. Okay, what else? Mosquitoes don't have teeth. They don't have teeth. Alhamdulillah. I mean, can you imagine if they had teeth? Oh my God. Yes. Um, they lay up to 300 eggs at a time. They lay up to 300 eggs at a time. No wonder there's so many of them. Uh, they can detect carbon dioxide from 75 feet away. 75 feet away, they can detect carbon dioxide. Uh, they lactate in your skin. In your skin. Oh, my God. Yes? A mosquito's wing beats 300 to 600 times per second. Subhanallah, so fast. A mosquito can drink up to three times its weight in blood. Wow. It can drink up to three times its weight in blood. A male mosquito lives only for 10 days, whereas a female mosquito lives for 6 to 8 weeks. Wow. Long live the female. Mosquitoes have been around since the Jurassic period. They've been around since the Jurassic period. That means they are far more ancient than human beings. Yes? They are smaller than 2 millimeters. Interesting. They're attracted to sugar and water. They're attracted to sugar and water. Really? Subhanallah. Okay, Mariam, go ahead. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. So today I'm going to talk about the mosquitoes. So I'm going to start off with a small story about myself. Like last year, I went camping and it was lots of fun. There were lots of activities, you know, like swimming, uh, hiking, and scary stories at nighttime. But, like, one thing that almost messed up my whole fun was the bugs, especially the mosquitoes. Whatever you did, they were always around you, no matter what. They would be, like, they were everywhere. So, mosquitoes, they may be annoying, but, like, when you hear this, you may be interested. So, there are about 3,000 species of mosquitoes, of which 100 are vectors of human diseases. Some species bite in the morning, evening, and at night. Others feed only during the day. A mosquito can drink up to three times its weight in blood. Don't worry though, it would take about 1.2 million bites to drain all the blood from your body. Mosquitoes spend their first 10 days in water. Water is necessary for the eggs to hatch into larvae, called wigglers. Wigglers feed on organic matter in stagnant water and breathe oxygen from the surface. And when the mosquitoes they lay the eggs, the, uh, the eggs make a raft. 
Mosquitoes hibernate. They are cold-blooded and prefer temperature over 80 degrees. And at temperature less than 50 degrees, they shut down for the winter. The adult females at some species find holes where they wait for warmer weather, while others lay eggs in freezing water and die. The eggs keep until the temperature rise and they can hatch. Okay, so these are some pictures, and um, you can see the bottom right one is the malaria mosquito. Mosquito. Okay, so these are some questions, and I have answers for them. Why do they suck blood? The only reason that females, unlike males, do absorb blood is for their eggs, which is needed to mature with the help of proteins contained in the blood. In other words, the female mosquito absorbs blood just to ensure the survival of the new generation. Do all mosquitoes drink human blood? Only a small number of mosquitoes feed primarily on humans. Mosquitoes usually feed on birds, a wide range of mammals, and even amphibians and reptiles. Mosquitoes in the genus Tuxorhynchites do not feed on blood at all. Females use nectar to make eggs. How long do mosquitoes live? In nature, female mosquitoes can live for a few weeks, and males usually live for about a week. Lifespan depends on temperature, humidity, and time of year. Why do mosquito bites itch? Mosquito saliva contains several enzymes and proteins that affect the body's clotting ability. Most people are allergic to these enzymes. The itch and bump is our allergic response to them. How do you tell male from female mosquitoes? The easiest way to look is the, at the antenna. A male mosquitoes have very feathery antenna. They help sense female mosquitoes' high-pitched wing beats. Female mosquitoes have a very plain antenna sparsely contained in small hairs. I hope you all go home uh, uh, now, like, thinking better about the mosquito. You might not love it, but you still won't hate it, inshallah. Thank you very much. Somebody else had something else to share? Okay. Just, I think this is interesting that she might have not have mentioned in her presentation is mosquitoes do not transmit HIV. It's digested in their system and broken down so it doesn't get passed on. SubhanAllah. Anything else? Yeah. A female will continue to bite and draw blood until her stomach is full. Mosquitoes rest for two or three days before laying her eggs. West Virginia has the fewest specialist mosquitoes. Jazakallahu khairan kathira. Thank you, mashallah. So good job, everybody. Mashallah. The average mosquito weighs 2.5 milligrams. Wow, so tiny. Okay. All right, let's continue with our lesson now. Okay. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma ba'd fa'a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي وسدد لساني واسلل سخيمة قلبي So we were learning about the story of Adam عليه السلام Actually, this is our story, the human story where we are from, when we came to this world why we have been created what is the test in this life and what is our real home? So let's study the verses from the beginning, verse number 30. I know that we didn't do the word analysis of some of the verses, but inshallah, don't worry, I'll cover them today. 
Okay, verse number 30. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ And recall when your Lord said to the angels that إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةً Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the angels that I am going to make and appoint upon the earth a khalifa. And this shows us that human beings were not the first creation. Rather, as we learn, they are the last creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created and placed upon this earth. And the word khalifa tells us about how human beings are supposed to be in this world. What is the meaning of the word khalifa? I told you three meanings. That how are human beings khalifa upon the earth? What's the first one? Yes? Okay. So human beings are called khalifa because they are to carry out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands in this world. This obligation is not upon the animals. It's not upon the insects. Right? This obligation is upon who? Upon human beings. We are supposed to observe the law that Allah has revealed. Secondly, people are called Khalifa. Why? Because they will, they have replaced the creation, some creation that lived before them. What is that creation? We don't know about it. I mean, we can guess, right? But we don't know for a fact. Then thirdly, people are called Khalifa. Why? Because they are to come in succession upon the earth. Not all of them together at once, but rather, in succession, in generations. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the angels about this, what was their response? قَالُوا They said, أَتَجْعَلُوا فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُوا فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُوا Are you going to place upon the earth someone who is going to cause corruption, disorder? He's going to mess things up. He's going to mess up the planet. And then he's also going to shed blood. The angels asked this question. Now, the angels asked this question not because they were objecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decision. Okay? You ask questions for different reasons. One is a type of question that you ask because you don't want to accept what the other person has said. Okay? Like for example, if your parents tell you, get up, let's go to class. You're like, why do I have to go? What does that mean? I don't want to go, right? You're objecting their decision and you are not agreeing with them. But the other kind of question is that you're asking for the purpose of clarification in order to understand the matter better. Like for example, you are eating some food and it happens to be strangely sweet. Like for example, chicken. Sweet for some reason. So you ask, why is this sweet? Not that you have a problem with the food that was made, or you have a problem with your cooking skills. No, but you're wondering, how come chicken is sweet? Right? And so she tells you it's honey garlic chicken or something like that. It's got lots of honey. Right? So there's different reasons why you would ask. The angels ask this question not out of objection. And this is a very important thing we should understand. They asked not because they were objecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decision. They just wanted to know. Now the thing is that in the Qur'an, in our religion, we learn about certain things that we're required to do. Okay, Like for example, pray five times a day, for instance. Now are you allowed to ask, why are we supposed to pray? Are you allowed to ask that question? Yes, you are allowed if, if your intention is to know 
the wisdom and the reason and the benefit. Okay? But if you're saying, why man? I don't want to. Why did Allah command this? It doesn't make any sense to me. This is too difficult. And it's not reasonable. Is this kind of questioning okay? Is this kind of questioning okay? No, it's not. Because what does it show? This kind of questioning, what does it show? Disrespect, exactly. And it shows that you think that you know better. Right? It shows that you think that you know better. Whereas the fact is that who always knows best and better? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Things may not make complete sense to us, but Allah knows the reason. Just like here, the angels couldn't figure out why there was a need to place this creation upon the earth. But was there a reason? Was there a reason? Yes, there was. And the angel said, وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ That we glorify and praise you, meaning we are already worshipping you, O Allah. There is already so much creation worshipping Allah. And this is true, that the angels, they always remain in the worship of Allah. They do nothing else except worship. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ I know what you do not know. Okay. Now the angels, they accepted Allah's response, إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further satisfied the angels' curiosity. He didn't just give them an answer, He showed to them how Adam was not going to be all evil. How? وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam alayhi salam the names of all things. Which things are these? Whatever things. Right? Some say the names of all human beings or the names of certain things that were present over there. Adam alayhi salam was taught language. Adam alayhi salam was taught what? Language. In Surah Al-Rahman there is a verse that tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught human beings how to speak. Does anybody know about that verse? Ar-Rahman allama al-Qur'an khalaqa al-insan allamahu al-bayan That Allah taught man expression, meaning the ability to express himself. Speech, language. ثُمَّ عَرَضَهُمْ عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presented those things before the angels. And then, فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي And then he told the angels, Okay, you think you know everything about Adam? Well, tell me, أَنْبِئُونِي بِأَسْمَاءِ هَؤُلَاءِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Tell me the names of these things if you're truthful. If you're truthful in your assumption that Adam is going to do, or mankind is only going to cause disaster upon the earth, then you're assuming that you know everything. Well, if you know everything, tell me the names of these things. Did the angels know? No, they didn't. Whenever you are feeling a little too confident and proud about your knowledge, hmm, uh, it's important that we feel humble over there. And you know how you feel humble? When you come across something that you have no idea about. You know, for example, you could think that you know the most in your family. For example, you're the eldest, you read the most, your parents always ask you different questions. So yeah, I know, I know better than my younger brother and my younger sister, for example. But imagine if you were in China. Actually, forget about China. Imagine if you went for Umrah. Alright? You go for Umrah or for Hajj, you go to Mecca, 
And as soon as you land at the airport, you try talking in English and people look at you like, huh? Has it ever happened with you? Has it ever happened with you? Alhamdulillah, every time I've been, my dad's been with us. And my dad knows how to speak Arabic. Alright? And uh, whenever there's a problem at the airport or anywhere, my dad communicates for us. And so, you know, I'm good. Alhamdulillah. But I always think that if my dad wasn't here, how would I explain to the other person what I need? Pardon? Say that again? Google Translate? Oh. Yeah, but imagine you're in the haram and you know your data is not working or something like that. You know, it actually happened with us once. We had gone for Umrah and um, one of the people had to use a wheelchair all right, for Sa'i. You know the seven rounds between Safa Marwa? It's a pretty long walk, right? So one person needed a wheelchair. So we hired an individual to push the wheelchair and this individual was too fast, too fast. You know, like they're basically whizzing. And when you reach Mount Safa, you're supposed to stop there, say a dua, and then you're supposed to go towards Marwa, all right? And then again, when you reach Marwa, you're supposed to stop, make dua, and then go. But this person would just barely touch Safa that he would turn around, you know, with the wheelchair. So there was a slight discussion that what's going on? Like, stop, you know, slow down. And there was a big argument. And my dad, mashallah, he came and he calmed the situation down, spoke to him in Arabic, and the guy was all of a sudden respecting him. You know, wow, he speaks Arabic. Right? Uh, the point is that we might think we know a lot. But when we deal with different people, we realize how little we know. Isn't it? We realize how little we know. You just go to a different country, you go to a different school, How does it feel? Like you don't know anybody, nobody knows you, you feel like a stranger, isn't it? So the angels, yes, they knew many things, but did they know about what potential Adam had? No. So for them to make an assumption about human beings, was that fair? No. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught them an important lesson that you don't know everything. And this is something we need to remember also. Let us stop making assumptions about other people. We might see one side of an individual. And based on that, we make an assumption. That's unfair. That's completely wrong. Because we don't know what that individual might do in the future. Isn't it? Think about it. Umar radiallahu anhu. You all know about his story, right? He went out of his house to kill the Prophet ﷺ. That was his plan. Wasn't it? He's carrying his weapon. He's all upset and angry. And he's on his way to kill the Prophet ﷺ. If one of us would see Umar anhu in a situation like that, what would we say? If we saw a person like that, what would we say? We would pass judgments, right? But did Umar anhu accept Islam? Did he? What did he become? Such a great ruler. Such a great khalifa. Isn't it? So, you know, whenever we come across an individual and we have a bitter experience with them, okay, give them the benefit of the doubt. And then make dua for them. And hope that maybe, inshallah, they will do something great one day. It's not fair for us to make assumptions about other people. 
So the angels, their response was, قَالُوا سُبْحَانَكَ لَا عِلْمَ لَنَا Look at how humble they were. Oh Allah, you are perfect. We don't have any knowledge illa ma allamtana except what you have taught us. Innaka anta al-alimul hakim. You alone are the knowing, the wise. Before we continue, a little bit about the creation of Adam alayhi salam. Do you know what day Adam alayhi salam was created on? Yes? Friday. That's right. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create Adam alayhi salam from? Mud, clay. Alright? And where was that mud from? Earth. But different parts of the earth. Okay? Different parts of the earth. And you know that mud is of different colors, isn't it? It has different properties depending on where it's taken from. If it's from a rainforest, very different. From a desert, very different. From a place that's cold, very different. From a place that is close to a volcano or something like that, very different. Isn't it? So Adam a.s. was made from mud and that mud was taken from different parts of the world. In another hadith we learn that the Prophet wasallam said that Allah created Adam making him 60 cubits tall. Very tall. Okay? Very, very tall. And when Allah created Adam, from another narration we learn that when the body of Adam salam was complete and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the ruh, the soul into him, the soul came down from the head. Okay? So first his head came alive and then his eyes and his nose and then downwards. And when it reached his nose, you know what happened? The first thing Adam did, he sneezed. Okay? And then as he's coming alive, he sneezed and he said, Alhamdulillah. So the first expression that a human being ever uttered was of what? All praise is to who? Allah. So anyway, when Adam came alive, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Adam to go and greet the angels. Okay? So Adam, his first encounter now with another creation. Who is he coming across? Angels. When Adam sees the angels, you know what Adam salam said? Assalamu alaykum. He said, Assalamu alaykum. Peace be upon you. And the angels responded to that greeting. Hmm? So again, what do we see? First words that Adam salam uttered were of praise. First interaction with another creation was of respect. Isn't it? Assalamu alaykum. And this is something that's built in, within us. Okay? This ability to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to respect each other, respect one another. So now what happened? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Adam, قَالَ يَا آدَمْ أَنْبِئْهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ Inform the angels about their names. فَلَمَّا أَنْبَأَهُمْ When he informed the angels about their names, قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Did I not tell you that I know whatever is hidden in the skies and the earth? Meaning there is nothing hidden from Allah. وَأَعْلَمُ مَا تُبْدُونَ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ And I know what you express and what you hide. What is it that the angels expressed? What did the angels express? Their concern about human beings. 
what human beings could potentially do upon the earth. And what is it that they hid? What is it that the angels hid? We don't know, because they hid it. Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows whatever it was, whatever it could be. The point is that whether we express something or we conceal it. Whether we say it or we think it. Whether we write it hmm, or just keep it in our head. Whether we make a post public or private. Hmm? Whether we post something on Instagram so that everybody can see it, or we post it on Snapchat so that it will expire in a day. Whatever it is. Is it hidden from Allah? Is it hidden from Allah? No. Nothing at all is hidden. Now what happened? The angels realized that, okay, this Adam, there's something special about him. Right? Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established Adam salam's superiority over the rest of the creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed to the angels that Adam, when he believes and worships Allah, then he's better. How? وَإِذْ قُلْنَا And recall when we said, لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ to the angels, usjudu. All of you prostrate. Usjudu is from sajda, seen, jim, dal. What does sajda mean? Prostrate. So Allah told the angels to prostrate to Adam. Usjudu li Adam. Why? To honor and respect Adam. In obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the angels are commanded to prostrate to Adam, it's not that the angels are worshipping Adam. No. Who are they worshipping? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? But why are they prostrating to Adam? Because Allah told them. What's the reason? To respect Adam, to honor Adam. Okay? So, one important thing to understand over here is that we have been told to prostrate to Allah only, not to anybody else. We're not allowed to prostrate to other people. We can't do that. You understand? Sajda is only for who? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when Allah is telling the angels to do sajda to Adam, then that's Allah's decision. He can give whatever command. Like for example, is it allowed for a parent to kill their child? No way. You can't do that. You can't say, oh, my child, my property, excuse me. You can't do that. Right? However, was Ibrahim salam commanded to do something like that? Yeah? Yes. And, and that was a certain test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him in. For a reason. So we can't generalize that. So we can't say, well, Ibrahim, he was supposed to kill his son, so I would like to do that also. No. <laughs> to show my love to Allah. No, you can't do that. You can't generalize it. Likewise, we can't say, oh, I have so much respect for this human being, you know, this person. I just want to do sajda to them. No, excuse me. You can't do that. Okay? Sajda is only for who? For Allah. And this is an exceptional situation. So anyway, what happened when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels to prostrate to Adam? فَسَجَدُوا 
the angels, all of them, they prostrated. Illa Iblis, except for Iblis. Meaning Iblis did not prostrate. Now who's this Iblis? Shaitan. But what is Iblis? Is he a human being? Is he an angel? What is he? Jinn. In Surah Al-Kahf, we learn that كَانَ مِنَ ال... Complete the ayah. كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ That Iblis is of the jinn. Now what was he doing up there with the angels? It is said that Iblis was a very righteous jinn. A very good jinn. Apparently, on the outward, he was very good. He used to worship Allah. And he would actually be amongst the angels. Okay? This is similar to how, you know, if there's a person, they do certain things, then they start hanging out with who? People who do similar things. So, Iblis was amongst them. But Iblis had a problem with Adam. He was insecure. That if this Adam is here, and he's going to be a Khalifa, he's somebody new here, he better not get ahead of me. Have you heard stories of a new baby in the family? And then the youngest child is kind of jealous of the baby? Yeah? So what happens? That two-year-old kid will go and pinch the baby and hit the baby. Maybe you've done things like that. Your parents tell you. right? Or maybe they tell you, you got beat up a lot by your older brothers and sisters. Maybe. Yes? Good question. Were there other righteous jinn also? Perhaps there were. Because he was not the only jinn. But it is said that he was the best amongst them. He was like their leader. As human beings also, this is a question that we need to ask ourselves. That when we see somebody doing something that we are also doing. Do we feel happy for them or do we feel insecure? You know, for example, if you've always been the top of your class and now there's a new kid who just seems to be doing better than you. They won the science competition and now they even got selected for the Quran competition. And now here you are, not the best of the best, but way down the line, right? Now you have a competition. So this is something that we need to see. So Iblis, he wasn't too happy. Now what happened? He was amongst the angels when Allah commanded them to prostrate to Adam. And when he was amongst the angels, he was also supposed to prostrate to Adam. But Iblis refused. Illa Iblis. What did he do? Abba. He refused. Abba is from the root letters Hamza Baya. And Abba is to refuse to do something. Meaning when you're asked to do something, you say no. Like a, a harsh refusal. Say no way. Have you ever faced rejection? Hmm? So this is Abba. Like when somebody rejects your instruction or your request, they just turn it down. Allah said, Usjudu. And Iblis said, no, he refused. Now imagine everybody is prostrating except for who? Iblis. So in other parts of the Quran we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Iblis that what happened? How come you are not prostrating when I commanded you? And what was the answer of Iblis? In Surah Al-A'raf, ayah number 12, we learn, He said, أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِّنْهُ 
I cannot prostrate to Adam because I'm better than Adam. Iblis said, I'm better than Adam. Well, why did he think that he was better? He gave an explanation. He said, خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارٍ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن طِينٍ So racist. He said, you made me from fire. My origin is fire. And you made Adam from mud. His origin is mud. Fire is better than mud. He forgot about the actions. And he was stuck in what? Origin. That I am from fire, he's from mud. I am from that country, he's from there. Hmm? So I'm better. This is what Iblis did. Aba wastakbara. And he was arrogant. What is istakbara? Kaf ba ra is the root. Kabura is to be big, to be great. Istakbara is to assume greatness. To consider oneself to be great. And what is that called? Arrogance. He was arrogant. And when he was arrogant, what happened? وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ He became of the deniers. Once upon a time, he was apparently a righteous servant. But what happened with this test? His reality was exposed. And he became of the deniers. You see, the problem was with Iblis was that he ignored who was giving him the command to prostrate. Who was giving him the command? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does Allah deserve to be obeyed? Of course He does. He ignored that completely. And what is it that he was stuck in? The command that was given, prostrate to Adam. He's like, no, I don't like this command. I'm not going to do it. Well, forget about what you are asked to do. Think about who has asked you to do it. This is also a very important rule that we must remember for ourselves. Any command of Islam, any command, any command that Allah has given us, yes, try to understand it, why you're supposed to do it, etc., etc. But always remember, you're supposed to do it because Allah told you so. What is the number one reason why you do it? Because Allah told you so. You know, for example, somebody might ask you, well, why don't you guys eat pork? And you could be like, well, we don't eat pork because, you know, pigs are like this and this and this and this. And if you eat pork, you could get such and such and such disease. And, you know, this and this and this scientific reason and that research. Okay, great. Great. Good research. But the number one reason why we don't eat it is because Allah forbade us. Simple. That is what matters. Somebody might ask you, why do you wear hijab, sister? I mean, Muslim girl, right? Why do you wear hijab? And you could be like, well, it protects me and I feel very modest and, you know, it's my identity as a Muslim. Very good, good reasons. Excellent. But the number one reason why you wear it is because? Because Allah told me. Well, why do you pray five times a day? Well, it helps me manage my time better. It helps me have focus in my life. Great, excellent. But number one reason? Allah said so. Allah commanded us. And when you remember this, I'm doing this because Allah told me, then no matter what it is, it becomes easy. It becomes easy. Because then you think, who's greater? Is Allah greater or are the people greater? Allah is. And then no matter what it is, 
it's not hard to do it anymore. It's not hard to do it anymore. You know, when I started wearing the hijab in school, it was extremely difficult for me. Even though I grew up in a Muslim country, every day we had an assembly in which Qur'an was recited. But at the recitation of the Qur'an, you know, people would put something on their heads to cover themselves. And as soon as the recitation was done, they would remove it. And I was one of maybe five kids in the whole school who wore the hijab. It was extremely difficult for me. It wasn't easy. Even though I come from a family where, alhamdulillah, everybody wore it. But it was tough because nobody around me was doing it. I was the only girl in my class. The only girl. It was difficult. It still is. But you tell yourself every day, I'm doing this, why? Because Allah told me. Simple. And if Allah told me, I trust Him. He knows. He knows why He has commanded me to do something. He knows the reason. He knows the wisdom. I trust Him. Yes, I see some benefits. Great. And yes, I face some challenges. That's okay. Inshallah, for these difficulties also, there is reward. So, you see the difference between the angels and Iblis. What is the difference? The angels, they trusted Allah. They asked a question, but they trusted Allah. Iblis, what was his problem? He forgot about Allah completely. And he was thinking about who? Himself. Well, I I shouldn't be doing this because I would be lowering myself. And I am better than Adam. وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ And he became of the deniers. Iblis refused. How many sajdas here? How many sajdas? One sajda. And what happened? He became of the deniers. Refusing one command of Allah. And look at where he ended up. So then if we refuse... If we refuse to perform sajda, after sajda, after sajda, then what's going to happen? So now what happened? Iblis, he refused to prostrate. He was arrogant. And he became of the deniers. You see, kana minal kafirin. Kafirin is a plural of kafir. One who denies, one who rejects. Who did he reject? Allah. Well, didn't Allah speak to him? And didn't Iblis respond? And you know... How could he deny someone he just interacted with? You understand? He denied Allah as his Lord, meaning he refused to worship Allah. He refused to worship Allah. So then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Iblis, we learned from another part in the Qur'an, that leave from here. Because you have no right to be arrogant. Leave from here because you have no right to be arrogant. So Iblis, now his jealousy is turning into anger and then revenge. So then he blamed Allah and he said, Oh Allah, you sent me astray. It's your fault. Was it Allah's fault? Astaghfirullah. He blamed Allah. And he said that now what I'm going, Iblis said, now what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go after Adam. And not just Adam, all of his children. That because of him, because of Adam, because of you, I ended up like this. I'm going to make sure that Adam and his children, all of them end up with me where I end up. And what is that place? Hellfire. So now look at what Iblis was doing once upon a time, worshipping Allah. And now what's he doing? Taking people away from Allah. But if you think about it, 
can Iblis not just say sorry? Could he not have said sorry? He could have, right? But he refused. And remember the rule that we learned earlier that one sin always leads to another, which leads to another? That's what happened with Iblis. He said, no, I'm not going to prostrate. What was the next step? I'm better. What was the next step? I'm not going to do anything you tell me, O oh Allah. What was the next step? This Adam, I'm going to make him disobey you. What was the next step? Not just Adam, his children also, I'm going to make them disobey you. Deeper and deeper and deeper, farther and farther and farther away from Allah. Now we see here that the angels, what was their way of obedience, of submission? What did Iblis do? Rejected and challenged and he was arrogant. These are two ways. One is the way of shaitan and the other is the way of the angels. The way of shaitan is the way of arrogance and the way of the angels is of obedience and submission.